You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. I'd like to welcome this week's special guest, Sabina Contreras. Sabina became involved in dogs over 25 years ago. After completing coursework in animal nutrition, care, physiology, diseases, and parasitology, Sabina earned her certification in animal care from the University of Guelph, Ontario, Canada. Her specific research of commercial pet foods began in early 2001, which inspired her to create the Dog Food Project website, which you can see um, if if you take a look at her bio. The website will be on there. As a canine nutrition consultant, Sabina is available for individual consultations ranging from nutritional and special needs diets to general care and fitness. So if you're looking for the dirt on dog food, you won't want to miss this interview. So before we meet Sabina, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6 ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. The dress code? Come as you are. Pajamas, a tux, 
You can even go naked like your pets. Unleash your party animal at my animal party. Guests you know from Animal Planet, TV, radio, the news, and bookstores will be joining me. And that's because after I won Best Pet Radio in America from the DWAA, I got my paw in the door and I met a lot of amazing people. And the best of the best are going to be coming to the party. They're coming to party with us. So join us at the animal party. Don't miss the party. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention, there may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Silvani, host of Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome our special guest today, Sabina Contreras, who will be talking to us about canine nutrition and diet. Hello, Sabina. How are you? Hi, Pia. I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us. I'm really thrilled about talking about this topic since not too many people discuss it. I'm glad to be here. Great. My first question to you, um, the pet food industry, as you know, is a multi-billion dollar business and the manufacturers of most popular brands spend millions, if not billions, on advertising each year, saying that they offer the best and the most nutritional product. So how do we as pet owners, how do we really know if they're using the best quality ingredients since they're really, as I understand it, there are no legal requirements that such statements must be truthful. Can you expand upon that? Well, technically, there are laws to ensure truth in advertising. But on the other hand, when it comes to pet food, they are rarely ever enforced. If you look at uh, TV commercials, for example, uh, for even foods that are relatively poor quality, you see the nice chunks of beef raining down and the fresh veggies and the clean grains and whatever else they like to include. But then you look at the ingredient list and you see byproducts and fractions of grains and certainly no significant amounts of all these nice things, but uh, I'm not aware of very many occasions where there was actually anything done about it. So looks are not everything. (laughs) Yeah, I know I tend to sound pretty cynical about all this, but sadly that's what I have found while Mm -hmm. I was investigating the pet food industry, and truly... There is no way of ever knowing everything about a food, even the high-quality ones. So how do you know if you're really feeding good food if your dog appears to be healthy, happy, and maybe shows no visible signs of any sensitivities, allergies, or illness? That's a really, really good question. And it's just like in people, you know, some, some folks can eat a terrible diet and smoke all their lives and drink and still grow to be over 90 years old and others have health problems in early age a lot of it is genetic but Mm. there is a lot that's directly related to food and I see this on a daily basis Uh, when I work with people on their dog's diet they are used to their dog looking a certain way smelling a certain way behaving in a certain way and they might have fed the same food for years Mm. 
but uh, how would they know if there would be an improvement if they don't try something else? That's, that's interesting. What I, that's what I always tell people who say, oh, I'm feeding this food. I'm concerned now that I've read the dog food project about all these poor quality ingredients, but my dog looks fine. He acts fine. I don't know if there would be any change, and I tell people, try it. Just give it a try. You, you have got nothing to lose. Uh, buying a better quality food, and at worst, if you don't see a tremendous change, you have the peace of mind of leaving out all that undesirable stuff, and you're not paying for it. Great point. Great point. So to begin, you state that step one is to determine what the main ingredient is in the food that we're feeding our pets. So how do we know what that is and where do we find it on the bag? If you look at the ingredient list, there will be things that you are familiar with and things that you are less familiar with. Uh, But just looking at the first few, there will be a source of fat somewhere in there like chicken fat or canola oil or something like that. And everything before this first major fat ingredient and including it itself, those are your main components of the food. Everything else is there in much, much smaller quantities. So you want... So you want to have the good meat ingredients and very, very little of so-called fillers that might serve one purpose or another, of like fiber sources such as beet pulp or something like that. They shouldn't be part of this. Then step two is to evaluate the ingredients and the amounts used. But when I read the back of a bag of, of pet food, and I know I just got a call from my neighbor who just got two puppies, it's difficult to recognize half of what is in the food and what those terms mean. So what do people do if they can't recognize the names? Well, as a general rule, uh, the most unrecognizable items are usually the chemical names for some vitamin supplements. But other than that, towards the beginning of the list, if you have things that you are absolutely, absolutely not sure about, like animal digest and poultry byproducts and Process things like that, chances are it's something that you don't want in there. Um, This area is specifically why I have created the Dog Food Project so that people have an unbiased resource where they can look things up. Uh, I have a list that specifically tells people ingredients to avoid, and you will Mm -hmm. find many of those unfamiliar sounding ones on that list. And then uh, there are also pages on vitamins and minerals a little further down on the menu on the left side. And there uh, I have listed the chemical names of the different vitamins and what they might appear as. So that's a little resource that you could refer to to track down what exactly you are looking at. Oh, that's perfect. And you did, you brought up a term that I hear all the time that people are confused about, byproducts. Can you tell us what byproducts exactly, If what, what is a byproduct and by-products, what does it consist of? Byproducts are those parts of animal carcasses that are not the quality muscle meat. And uh, the thing with the byproducts is these don't necessarily constitute items that are not of good quality. For example, 
a beef heart would be a byproduct or uh, a chicken liver or something like that. So there are nutritious parts that can be labeled as byproducts, but then on the other side, you have things that are basically the leftovers of stripping down a chicken of all its quality meat. So you just have uh, the body skeleton of the chicken with a little bit of skin and tissue and meat attached, and that would be a byproduct. And you can probably imagine that there's not a whole lot of nourishment in something like that if it's ground down and cooked into a meal. No, exactly, exactly. The problem no, with the byproducts actually is uh, that they, it's a very generic term and you never know what exactly is used. Okay, perfect. That was nice and clear because I know a lot of people ask that question. And sometimes if I recommend to people as well, my clients, to feed their dogs a higher quality of dog food, sometimes I hear people say that their dogs simply cannot tolerate it or they won't eat it. So how long do you give before you make a change? And are, are there certain high-quality dog foods that maybe the dog can't tolerate? Maybe it's too rich? That's Have something you- I come across a lot working with clients too. And there are several points to this. First of all, in my experience, it's not really true that the quality level makes the difference. The dog is not going to not tolerate a food just because it's made of better quality ingredients. As you said, it may be too rich, it might be too high in fat or uh, lower in fiber than what the dog previously ate. Then, of course, uh, the higher quality foods are far more digestible. So the dogs aren't used to all this nutrition that they are suddenly getting. So it's very, very important to cut down a little bit on the amount that you feed when you switch to a better quality food because even just overfeeding by itself can cause stomach upset and diarrhea. So uh, when people choose to switch to a higher quality food, I recommend look for something that's pretty similar in the type of ingredients. So for example, if your dog has been eating a chicken-based food, make the new one a chicken-based food and don't look to switch to a lamb formula immediately. Ah, interesting. Look for something that has a little bit lower fat than what you might normally feed. You can always gradually uh, switch to something else later something Mm -hmm. with a higher fat content, something uh, with a higher protein content, but start out with something that's a little bit restricted so you don't have these two situations going on at the same time, switching to a better quality, more nutrient-dense food and uh, having the dog having to adapt to totally different ingredient types. And then there's also one other thing uh, that a lot of people are struggling with that is they are feeding these poor quality foods that are full of sweeteners, of salt, of flavoring agents that are specifically added to these foods to make them attractive to the dogs because otherwise they wouldn't even eat them. Mm. And then then you go to something better that doesn't have a lot of sugar or other sweeteners that isn't overloaded with salt and these uh, specifically designed flavoring agents that attract the dog. And suddenly the dog says, hey, 
this is boring. I don't want to eat this. Please give me back my old food. They are literally addicted to junk food, and it might take quite a while to transition them to accepting something better. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. Hmm. And just like, I guess, with there are so many recalls of human food and where they come from and avoid buying certain foods uh, from certain areas. Do we really know where the food comes from in dog food, the meats or the byproducts? Do we know where they come from or can we find out? This is something that I could talk about for hours. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a really big issue. As a general rule, it's different. You can, which I recommend, contact the manufacturer of the food, talk to customer service and see what they tell you. Um, Most of the time, if it's a good quality food, they will be very open about this and tell you our ingredients are all U.S. grown and so on and so on. And then you have the companies that are going to dodge the subject that say, oh, this product comes from China, but we have our inspectors there and everything is of really great quality. But we saw how things can happen two years ago with the big recalls. Right. When when people trusted the sources they bought these ingredients from and then they were tainted anyway and a lot of pets died from that. Mm-hmm. So definitely... Uh, First, look at the website, uh, look at product literature, look at the packaging, see what the company already tells you, and then with any follow-up questions that you might have, go to the manufacturer and see if they are willing to answer. There are, of course, a lot of different things that go into a food, and it's much easier to get information about the type of meat or grain or other carbohydrate sources or veggies or whatever they use. But then you always have the issue of the uh, vitamin and mineral supplement mixes, which come as a pre-made mix to the manufacturer. And a lot of the components that go in there do originate from China. So it's very very hard to track down. And uh, they are very, very few companies that will actually outright say not a single component in our food comes from China. It's it's nearly impossible since the pet food industry has expanded so much. True. Let's talk just a little bit about fats and oils. Obviously, it's critical in the dog's diet for their coat and their skin and also brain development. Which fats and oils are best for dogs? Because I hear so many people saying, I want to add more oil to my dog's diet because to help his coat and his skin, uh, especially those with dry skin. Which do you recommend as being the best? Um, As a general rule, since dogs are meat eaters, animal-based fats are the most valuable to have in the diet. Uh, The next thing is that, of course, different types of oils and fats contain completely different compositions of fatty acids and they can vary quite a bit. You have things, uh, for example, like the medium chain fatty acids which are very, very uh, prevalent in unrefined coconut oil, which is a great thing. Uh, In the food itself, in the diet, you would preferably look for things like chicken fat, if the dog tolerates it. On the other hand, some dogs 
don't tolerate certain animal-based fats. So uh, for them, it is better if there's a vegetable oil in there, even though it's not ideal looking at the point of the diet being species appropriate. But we have to look at what works well for the dog, for the individual dog with individual needs, rather than just following this preconceived notion, uh, dogs are meat eaters and they should only be eating animal-based foods. So right. it's, it's something that needs to be fine-tuned. Uh, the best thing that I always tell people that they can add to their dog's food, when even when they're feeding a lot of commercial food, is a good quality fish oil supplement. Mm-hmm. Not cod liver oil. It should be uh, an oil made from the entire fish, uh, ideally wild-caught, not farmed. Like, for example, wild salmon or sardines or anchovies are common sources. The nice thing about this is that uh, commercial foods tend to be very high in omega-6 fatty acids, and the fish oil only adds significant amounts of omega-3 fatty acids, so you are skewing the ratio into a more favorable area, which has a great impact on health, on the brain, on the coat, and the skin. That's one thing that's really great to do. Okay. We need to take a short break to hear from our sponsors. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Okay, class. Grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. What do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? 
You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win with Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, your host, and joining us today is Sabina Contreras, a canine nutritionist, talking to us about the secrets in the ingredients. Welcome back. Sabina, let's talk a little bit about carbohydrates. Uh, they're in so many foods, and now we're starting to see more and more grain-free foods. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Before I go into more detail, I have to... Note that a lot of people use the words grains and carbohydrates interchangeably, Mm. which is incorrect. You can have carbohydrates from grains or from non-grain sources like potatoes, sweet potatoes, and other starchy vegetables, tapioca, and other things like that. Just because a food is grain-free doesn't necessarily mean that it's of better quality than a food that might contain grains as a carbohydrate source. That's just something ahead of discussing the other part. Uh, It's grain-free and low carbohydrate is not the same thing. So you still have to look at your ingredient list and see that you have a good amount of meat in there. Overall, I'm not entirely against grains themselves as long as the individual dog tolerates them and the nutritional needs vary a lot from individual to individual and the dog's reaction itself should be our first and foremost guide. I've talked to a lot of people who liked these grain-free diets so much better than their old food where there weren't really that many differences except for the grain and just being grain-free, while it can really help some very sensitive and maybe allergic individuals, it's not necessarily so much better. You really have to look what the individual dog needs and what I was going to uh, say earlier. uh, A lot of people switch from a traditional grain-based food the regular formulas with your typical 24 to 26% protein and around 14-15% fat to these grain-free formulas that are also very, very high in protein and fat, around 40 to 45% protein and maybe uh, 18 to 22% fat. And then uh, their dogs have problems switching the food and they say, oh, this is so bad, this is a bad food, I can't feed this to my dog. And it's not really the food that is to blame. It's it's 
just that uh, the dogs were plunged into something new way too quickly mm. and without much thought. Don't get me wrong, I'm really, really very much in favor of these uh, low-carb diets simply because it's a more species-appropriate way of feeding Talk to us a little bit um, about fruits and vegetables. I know that's a question that comes up many times from our clients. Um, Can I add fruits and vegetables to my dog's diet? Especially, I know that question comes up quite often when people are trying to help their dogs lose weight. They want to give them less food and people have said, well, give them some fruits and vegetables instead because they're lowering calories. Talk a little bit about that. What is there anything that they should avoid or what would be a good additive? I'm very much in favor of adding fresh fruits and vegetables since it's actually live food that hasn't been processed like anything else that you would buy from the shelf in a pet store. Uh, the only thing uh, that you really, really have to be careful to avoid are onions mm-hmm. and grapes and raisins since these can be very, very toxic to dogs and cause severe health problems. I'm not going to touch on the common sense thing, don't feed the pits of cherries and things like that. It's pretty much understood. What I recommend is uh, taking fruits and berries, make a smoothie with them. You can add some plain yogurt, freeze it in a Kong toy or in an ice cube tray. It makes a wonderful treat. You've got uh, vitamins in there, antioxidants, and the dogs love it. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, If a dog needs to lose weight, it's definitely better to add fresh vegetables that are actually intended for humans to eat rather than having all the fiber fillers in the commercial food. Uh, You would choose something that is low in calories, of course, so not a whole lot of sweet potatoes and things like that. But things like green beans, canned pumpkin is great. And most dogs really like the taste of that. And broccoli, when it's cooked, it's usually well tolerated. A little bit of carrots. They do contain some sugar, though, so we would want to go easy on that. One important thing is that dogs don't have the digestive capacity to break down plant cell walls. Any fruits or veggies that you feed should be either mashed up really well or pureed. This isn't okay. so critical if, you, if you're just feeding them as a filler for a weight loss program since the dog won't get a lot of nutrition out of them anyway. But if you want the nutritional benefit, uh, stick it in the blender, in the food processor, mash it up. If it has the, about the consistency of baby food, then you know that they can actually get the benefit. Okay, well, let's take the opposite then. Um, What if a dog needs to put weight on? Say a dog has been ill for quite some time and they're looking to add some weight to a dog. Is there anything in particular that you would recommend to a client to add to the dog's diet? What I usually find helpful is to add some carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. If, If the dog is not allergic to wheat, pasta works really well or regular potatoes or sweet potatoes. Since the carbohydrates combined with fat are usually what helps the dogs to gain weight. I would uh, recommend, for example, choosing a good quality canned food and mixing Mm -hmm. in some potatoes or pasta, things like that. That usually works really well. And the canned food is not only healthier than dry food, 
it's also far more palatable. The dogs like the flavor and the smell a lot better, so that gets them to eat. Oh, good. And how about supplements? I know many people say, should I feed a vitamin? Is there anything else I should add? What is your recommendation there? As a general rule, again, the commercial foods are very, very high in mineral content. And most vitamins, too, they just have to be, since they have to meet the nutrient needs of pretty much all the dogs on the bell curve, no matter what their specific needs are. If it's accomplished, that's a different discussion. But uh, a lot of people say that uh, commercial foods lack vitamins and minerals, and that's simply not true as that. So uh, for the average dog, I don't recommend something like a multivitamin or those uh, supplement powders or pet tabs or anything like that because they only add more of what's already plentiful and that's not really needed. Okay. The, the, the fish oil is one thing that I would recommend for any dog. Just start slowly with it. Don't add too much all at once. If a dog has a little bit of a sensitive stomach, a probiotic is a great thing to add. Just human-grade acidophilus product, that will work Mm -hmm. well. And beyond that, I would say focus on adding some fresh foods rather than some supplement that doesn't really do a whole lot. Oh, good, good. So what if someone, I guess the last question before we finish up, home-cooked diets uh, and raw diets. We're hearing more and more about that, people wanting to feed raw or they want to cook for their dogs. Are there things that people should be aware of and cautious about? I'm very, very much for home-prepared diets, uh, regardless if they are cooked or raw. Different dogs, different needs once again. Not every dog tolerates a raw diet, even though it's a great way to feed. I feed that way myself. There are a lot of different things that you need to be aware of. First of all, the diet has to be uh, fairly well balanced, so you can make sure that the dog gets all the nutrients he needs on a regular basis. It doesn't mean that every single meal has to be balanced in itself, but over the period of about one to two weeks, Uh, you should make sure that all the needs are met. And sadly, when I analyze what clients are feeding to their dog, when I create uh, feeding plans for them, I see a lot of recipes that aren't balanced. And the most notable lack in the cooked diet is that there is not enough calcium because people feed meat and maybe rice and pasta and potatoes and some veggies, which is all really nice, but uh, there's a lack of calcium, and dogs need a very specific calcium-phosphorus ratio to stay healthy. With your average raw diet, it's almost exactly the opposite. A lot of people tend to feed way too much bone, so we have that same over-mineralization problem as we have with the commercial food. And then uh, certain nutrients are lacking, most notably in feedings that I have analyzed are things like selenium, some B vitamins. So uh, if you want to feed a homemade diet, you have to make sure that you cover all these needs, Uh, make sure that everything is there. Don't just 
feed whatever you have on hand. Go with a proven recipe. Dr. Pitcairn's book, for example, has some great recipes to get started, and you know that they are well-balanced and provide everything that the dog needs. Or people can contact me. I can work with them on their specific needs, how they run their household. I can take all these things into considerations, into consideration and work with them on a plan that works for the individual situation. Excellent. That was certainly interesting. I have to tell you, I, I learned a lot and I hope our audience did as well. And, and I do encourage you, if you have any questions, to contact Sabina. Unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd like to thank Sabina for joining us. And you can learn more about canine nutrition by visiting her website at dogfoodproject.com. A special thanks to our producers for making this show happen. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, I'm always trying to come up with new guest speakers and new topics. Please don't forget to shoot me an email at pia at petliferadio.com. So, Sabina, is there anything else that you would like to promote before I say goodbye? I would just like to invite people to contact me directly. If they have questions, my consulting website is betterdogcare.com. And I'm always glad to help. Okay, so that's betterdogcare.com. Fabulous. It was a pleasure talking to you. Until next time, this is Pia signing off. Thank you, everyone, for your interest in Pet Life Radio. Keep listening. Bye-bye. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.